0: Welcome to another exciting episode of MedNation Podcast, where I'm Dr. David Farnham, and with me is my co-host,
1: Dr. Lanier.
0: Today, we have a special guest joining us as we delve into the cosmetic plastic surgery with Dr. Ashley Guthrie. Dr. Guthrie, please welcome yourself and, and introduce yourself as well, but welcome to Med Nation, by the way.
2: Hello. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. So um, as Dr. Farnham said, I'm Ashley Guthrie, and I am a facial plastic surgeon here in Brentwood slash Nashville, Tennessee.
1: We are delighted to have you, Dr. Guthrie. This is exciting. Yes, absolutely. It's so funny. I'm downstairs. You're upstairs. <laughs> I'm in Brentwood I today. We're so close. We're so close. Uh, tell our listeners about yourself a little bit and how you started in this field.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, I did my training in ENT, um, head and neck surgery, back in New York. I'm from New Jersey. So, um, I wanted to be there for my my residency training close to home, so um I did my my five year residency there at Mount Sinai. And then during my residency, I decided I really enjoyed um, the facial plastic surgery aspect of ENT. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that that's actually a big part of ear, nose and throat training. Um, And that's one of the main specialties that people can choose to go into after that. So I chose to do an additional year of fellowship training, primarily in cosmetic facial plastic surgery, but some reconstructive as well um, in Birmingham, Alabama with Dr. Russo. So I did that additional year of training in his private practice, which was great experience. And then I moved up from Birmingham to Nashville. Um, I had a lot of family that had recently moved to the area, so I decided it would be a, a good place to open up shop. And I um, opened my own practice right, right out of fellowship.
0: Yeah, you know, I and I, and I kind of know you know some of your story as well. But it seems like you really hit the ground running, and that's really inspiring. Um, you know, starting your own business after fellowship. What sets your approach to cosmetic plastic surgery apart from others?
2: I'm really focused on people looking natural, looking like themselves, just kind of an improved version of themselves. Um, I know there's there's lots of, of people out there who are, are so afraid to have any kind of plastic surgery done because they see the people that Look so strange afterwards, and and um, you know it causes a lot of trepidation for people into into getting anything done or even exploring things. So I just really focus on making people look natural, just healthy, you know, more youthful versions of themselves. That's really always my goal. I'm very conservative, you know. I, I don't like to to do anything to someone that cannot exist in nature. If that makes sense, I don't want anyone to to stand out in a in a bad way. I just want people to. Look good and have people say, "Hey, you look great," you know, but not really be able to tell what happened. I love that, and I,
1: what I love, uh, you know, was you saying improved version of themselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I I want to look impro- improved, improved uh, version of myself. I might I might come up. <laughs> Absolutely,
2: You're welcome anytime.
0: Well, well um, let me just say, everybody, too, I, I am going to divulge this. This isn't, yes, it's not HIPAA, but there's only one person I allow to touch this glorious face.
2: <laughs> and let
0: me just tell everybody in Middle Tennessee, the only person that can touch his face is Dr. Ashley Guthrie. So. Well,
2: I'm very honored and I appreciate that. And if I ever need anyone to touch my feet, I know who I'll be going to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. See, see you guys. Everybody, everyone better be listening because. Yeah, <laughs> That was an incredible compliment. So <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so Dr. Guthrie, can you share some insights into the, the most common procedures and trends you have observed in the past few years?
2: Sure. Um, I think in general, plastic surgery, it definitely kind of saw a boom during COVID. Um, it was like the Zoom boom of plastic surgery. I think that's kind of settled down a little bit, kind of back to normal. Um, but I definitely think it did make people more aware of um, their appearance and especially their faces doing so many Zoom calls for work. Um, so definitely an uptrend in, in facial plastic surgery in general. But some of the more common things that, that I perform are aging face-related surgeries. So I do a lot of blepharoplasties or you know, eyelid surgeries, both upper and lower, um, facelifts, uh, rhinoplasties are very common. Basically, any, anything you can think of on the head or neck, I do it. Um, but I would say the most common things are, are related to aging faces.
1: That's exciting. Do you have anybody bring you a picture of the Kardashians or any other celebrities and ask you to... <laughs> Make
2: them look like well very fortunate that the vast majority of my patients are like very I'll say normal and have appropriate expectations and don't ask me for anything you know out of the realm of, of what would be appropriate so um you know I do have patients who show me younger pictures of themselves which I always appreciate just to give me a sense of kind of where they were at that helps me also predict where we can get with our surgeries you know some people will show me uh, ideas they have about certain noses they might like, or lips or things like that. And those are always helpful as long again, as it's within the realm of possibility for that person, you know, there's some, there's limitations, of course, with everything. And so, you know, it's important to kind of set expectations, but, but I always welcome people showing me examples of things that they like.
0: Yes, guys. And I just want to add here again, you know, I'm the peanut gallery, I can attest, I showed her pictures of Ryan Gosling.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: so be reasonable. I cannot look like Ryan Gosling. Um, and no matter how much filler, just not going to happen.
2: So. Um, uh, no, exactly. But I mean, it's, it's all about expectations right. in, in plastic surgery, especially um, with all of medicine, but particularly with cosmetic surgery, oh, right. because um, if you set the expectations ahead of time, you're, you're much more likely to have a happy patient and for you to feel good about what you did, you know, you just want to make sure that you're not offering something that's just not achievable. Yeah, yeah I agree.
0: Expectations I agree. all around. I mean, that applies to, and like you said, that applies to all specialties, including foot surgery. I think Dr. Mm-hmm. And I, we talk a lot about expectation because, you know, when these folks come in for elected bunion surgery or just hammer toe surgery or corrective surgery for some sort of, you know, aesthetic purpose, you do, you, you know, to say, hey, I want the toe as straight as possible, it's just like any profession, like a veneer, a dental veneer, I assume, or a, a rhinoplasty for you, or yeah. just in general. I mean, yeah. So we get that, we get that quite often.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's important because you know y- you want to you want to make people feel excited and happy about choosing to undergo a surgery, but it's easy to to let that get away from you and wind up with a disappointed person afterwards if you didn't point out things that might be limiting factors ahead of time.
0: Correct. Like I will never be Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I, I'm very Ryan very over. Um, so, have
2: your own look dr Farnon d-
0: thank you thank you that,
2: yes yeah i'll take that
0: compliment <laughs> so dr Guthrie, what advice do you have for individuals considering cosmetic procedures especially those who might be apprehensive or unsure
2: i definitely think it's important to find a surgeon that you're comfortable with do your research Look at who's out there, look at their websites, look at their social media before and afters. And you know, even that alone before you go to see the physician gives you kind of a sense of of what they're like and what their style is. You know, you can look at a surgeon's before and afters and, and get a pretty good sense if if that's, you know, someone you're kind of gonna be in line with. You know, you can look at one rhinoplasty surgeon and and every single one of their nose is gonna be relatively similar. And if that look is not something you like, then I wouldn't go to that person, you know, you have to, and and it's not right or wrong. It's just kind of getting a feel for what aligns with what you're looking for. And then I always encourage people to get multiple consultations. Um, I know of course there's, there's always fees incurred for consultations and things like that, but I think it's worth it. You know, if you're going to undertake, especially a bigger surgery so that you can get a feel for the, for the physician, for the practice. Are you comfortable there? Do you feel comfortable, you know, asking questions and, and being open with them? You know, you definitely, I think overall are gonna be happier and get a better result with someone that you that you can relate to.
1: And someone that's realistic. And exactly. you are very realistic and we appreciate that for
2: sure. Well, thank you.
1: So as we continue to talk about BD and BD standards near experience, how do you balance helping patients achieve their, you know, aesthetic goals while challenging societal BD norms?
2: Well, I mean, as I said, I think I've been really fortunate in, in my patient population here of just people who, who just have really good expectations and, and, um, feelings related to these things. So, you know, when people ask me for, for things that are a little bit trendier or things that may not be entirely necessary for people, I'm pretty honest, you know, I'll tell them like, Hey, I don't think you need this, or I don't think this is really appropriate for you. I'm very, I'm very honest with people about that. That, those kind of things um you know something i have run into it seems to have quieted down a little bit thankfully but kind of the younger people with um filters and TikTok and things like that you know i did have there must have been like a popular filter at one point a few months ago where it showed your your asymmetries in your face i had a few people that came in and they were like i don't think there's anything you can do for me like i have so many issues and i'm looking at them i'm like what what are you talking about like they look perfectly normal and they're like look at this picture you know i'm so asymmetric and you know it's it's really sad and um you kind of have to talk those people down and be like, look, you're, you're perfectly normal. Everybody is asymmetric. Like don't do these filters anymore. Um, So I think in terms of like societal beauty norms, the the filters and some of the social media have given people like a distorted view of, of what sort of view of themselves and what looks natural and nice. And, you know, it also kind of has made people, in a way all want like this one cookie cutter look, you know, it's kind of like the Kardashian look, yeah. with the you know, the, the microbladed eyebrows and the big lips and the, the whole look. So I think it's important to kind of encourage people to feel good about themselves and, and good about their own looks. Like everybody has their own unique look and I don't want to make everyone look exactly the same.
0: Well, a perfect segue, you know, in a world where social media and filtered images have become prevalent, how do you address unrealistic expectations and some patients might bring to the table?
2: I mean, I always try to explain to people again with like, especially the asymmetry thing, that's a big thing. And everybody has asymmetry in their face. And so that's something I, you know, make an effort to point out to people ahead of time before I do anything so that they're aware of it. You know, they know that it's not that is not necessarily gonna change. Um, I talk to people about the fact that things that they see online and, and the filters are not realistic. You know, everybody has, you know, imperfections in their skin. There's nothing you can do to to get rid of every little mark or pore or, you know, indentation on their skin. You know, these are things that are normal human body parts. And one of the things actually that is a common issue with especially younger patients is like nasolabial folds, you know, the lines on the sides of the mouth, which are normal if that's a human thing to have. And so I've got quite a bit of young people who are like, I hate this line here. Like, can you fill this in? And I have to try to explain that that's, that's not human to not have that line. That line is a part of your face. It's from smiling. Um, and it just, does not look normal or natural to completely obliterate that.
1: Do you have uh, a, three, a favorite procedure that you do?
2: Um, I I really like doing eyelid surgery, blepharoplasties, because they're relatively easy for the patient to go through. It's a pretty quick downtime. There's almost no pain, but it makes a really dramatic result very quickly. You know, by, by two weeks later... People look significantly better than they did before, and um, people are there's a very high satisfaction rate with blepharoplasty, So I, I enjoy doing them. Awesome.
1: So, well, Dr. Gashri, as we wrap up, could you share a memorable patient success story that um, highlighted highlights the impact of your work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I actually just had one yesterday who came for a follow up that oh. made me feel really great. Um, so this was a really really sweet patient. She had an upcoming wedding of one of her children. Um, she was kind of, you know, struggling with her weight and and feeling badly about herself, especially kind of around the neck area. She wanted to do something, you know, quick that could give her a nice improvement without having to go through surgery. So I did something called face tight on her, um, which is like a non-surgical way to tighten the lower face and the neck. So I did that with some, with some liposuction as well. And she just got an awesome result. And she came in yesterday for her follow-up after her, her son's wedding. And she, she just gave me a little speech about how much better she felt about herself and how she was really able to enjoy the day of the wedding and not feel self-conscious about photos being taken of her and just like how much more motivated she felt about, you know, her life in general. And that just made me feel really great. And that's why I do it.
1: Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Absolutely. Dr. Gatri, thank you for
1: joining us today on Med Nation and sharing your insights into uh, facial plastic surgery. Um, I really love your uh, realistic approach to beauty. If someone wants to consult
2: with you, how would they reach you? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I always love speaking with you guys. Um, so my practice is called Guthrie Facial Plastic Surgery. It's easy to remember because it's my last name. We are in Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, my website is www.drashleyguthrie.com. Um, I'm on Instagram as well at Dr. Ashley Guthrie. And um, feel free to to give us a call and schedule a consultation. We'd be happy to see you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Ashley. Have a good week. Thank great you. You too. Enjoy the long weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and do not forget to subscribe to our podcast.